0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. My name is Matthew Westfox. I'm one of your hosts. Joining me, as always, is Jacob. And we have a good, good topic tonight that we're really excited to talk to you guys about. Uh, one that Jacob came up with, but that I think we, um, there's a lot here we're going to dive into. We're going to be talking about the topic of devotion and of patriotism, about what does it mean for our heroes, both our heroes and our villains, to be so dedicated to something, um, love of country, love of, um, a cause or an idea or something else that it might not always be the best it might be blinding them to something it might be allowing them to do things that they wouldn't otherwise be, be comfortable doing what happens when patriotism and devotion and things like that go wrong um so jacob how are you doing today and um what 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 got this to be a topic you were excited about so
1: i'm doing all right today and this particular topic uh interestingly i was finishing reading a book that uh a friend recommended to me and wants to come on to the, the podcast to talk about. And there was a an underlying theme in there that I didn't notice at first. Uh, but as soon as I noticed it, it just immediately sprang to all these other examples of this. Because it's a reasonably common trope uh, for, for protagonists, that they'll have, like, devotion to a particular cause or an ideal. Uh, and in this particular book, there were two characters, one of whom was doing just these horrible horrible things very like very immoral things um and we didn't really understand why or i didn't really understand why and then you have this other character who's being upheld as this moral paragon and then you uh when you come down and you learn uh why this this character did some of these things um the the explanation that comes out is actually devotion to the exact same cause as our our very Mm. heroic protagonist and it actually makes sense in context so it's a it's like this case where you know you get both extremes you get you know this devotion to the cause causing someone to to take these very noble acts but then that same kind of of devotion the same kind of uh, very similar to patriotism in this particular context causing someone to do very horrible very morally problematic things
0: now, I, I know um, the book you're talking about, I know, is one we're going to be uh, diving into on a later podcast, but you want to just quickly say what, what that book is and, and give an example of the kind of thing yes. you mean from it? Yes. So
1: what I'm talking about is The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. It's the first book in the Stormlight Archive series, and I'm specifically talking about uh, the dichotomy between Sadeus, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, and Dalinar. Um, there are two characters uh, Sadeus uh, uses basically uses human life uh, as if it were currency uh, for warfare. Just throws life away in order to gain advantage. Um, and at, and and Dalinar on the other hand uh, is living by this code, where he's like, I'm I'm only going to uh, make my men do things that I would be willing to do myself. Uh, so I'm not going to use people as human shields, for example, because I wouldn't do that myself. I wouldn't put myself through that. And But they're both uh, doing these things because they want to put an end to this war of, of vengeance that they've started for their king right. that, has, that has been assassinated. Um, so they're both trying to put an end to the war expediently. Uh, and it's just the way that they choose to go about it, the actions they choose to take... Um, with regard to that cause, are radically different in terms of their ethical uh, integrity, I guess.
0: No, I, I I think that makes makes good sense, and I think the word integrity there is a really good one because I, I know that, that when you when you told me about this topic, I got really excited because I think it is one that is. It comes up in so many of the things that we look at um, in in our media and in superhero stories and the like. And it's also one that comes up so often in our own world. I mean I know a lot of the times when I'm looking at some of the worst people – you know, in our government or or in politics or things like that, I I often start with I can understand the cause they're coming from. You know, like the whole time, um, you know, so much of the debates over foreign policy and things like that, I I I can understand the desire to keep the country safe and to keep people in our country safe. It's just the the things that people are willing to do for those causes, and and the way that those causes seem to blind people sometimes to, to to well, like you were integrity so much to, to going against their own values. I think that's to me one of the most interesting parts of all this is what happens when the cause you believe in sort of makes you do things that if you were able to sort of step back from yourself, you might find really questionable. Um,
1: I particularly like that going against your own values point that's that's an excellent way of putting it where where this kind of devotion that we're talking about when it when it gives problems, it often is that it makes you betray your own sense of morality for the greater good, right right.
0: Well, and that that that's maybe a really good place to start because I um <clears throat> we kind of talked about some specific issues here, but I'm actually gonna throw us a little off track just from the very beginning and, and ask something a little different, which is I I think one of the one to me, one of the biggest problems that will come up with one with something like this is when a cause becomes so important to you that you stop asking questions about it. Um you know, and and it is kind of what you're saying about how like to me I think what I want out of my heroes, what I want out of the, the, the superhero stories that I watch, is to see characters who are who are self-questioning, who are asking themselves, I have this great amount of power, and now I am, I have to ask, you know, Batman says to himself, like, I can't kill. Superman says, you know, I have to follow the law. Like, our, our heroes tend to have a code of some kind about when are they or are they not allowed to use their powers? And, and I think kind of one of the problems we're talking about is when you become so devoted to a cause that you stop asking those kind of questions. Um, and so maybe start there. Like, is there examples you think of, of, um, I don't know, we, we bunch, we talk a bunch about, but an example you can think of of one where, um, the person is so devoted to that cause that they stop doing that kind of self-questioning.
1: Well, uh, there are, uh, quite a few examples. I think, um, off the top of my head, the because as you were talking, there was one that that immediately sprang to mind, um, and now I have subsequently lost it. <laughs> so, um, it, it's a very common trope. Why am I not thinking of this? Where where a character, um, starts down this kind of rabbit hole where they're like uh, they've got it in their head that what they're doing is just, and or what what their end goal is just, and then they start to justify. Betraying their own precepts, their own moral precepts, because ultimately the outcome is just. The 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 ends begin to justify the means. So so I um, I, I can
0: throw in in that I would say which is sure um, probably my favorite villain that we've seen in any of these shows, Kingpin from Daredevil. Um, oh
1: yes, that is a perfect example. Yeah, part
0: on. part of what I think makes Kingpin such a fascinating character, and I think such a good character, and makes that that the first season of Daredevil such a good show, is he is just a little bit away from being the protagonist of that show. I mean, I so badly identify with him like I, I so strongly both identify with him and can relate to where he's coming from. That he has had this incredibly troubled childhood ruined by, you know, the alcoholism and and physical violence of his father and seeing a city where People like his father were kind of allowed to flourish and were allowed to beat him and allowed to beat his mother and there was nothing he could do. And so he has this incredible desire for order and for structure and to make his city safe. And I get that. I can get that goal. And what, what I think is so powerful is the way the show demonstrates that he is so focused on that desire that somewhere along the way he, he stops being able to recognize that what he is doing is adding to everything else. You know, he is adding to the chaos of the city, adding to the criminality of the city, adding to the number of people experiencing things like what his mother did uh, and what he did as a child. And he just doesn't see it because he's so focused on that cause.
1: Right. Uh, take a look at this. Uh, so I, I remembered, uh, take a look at Prince Zuko from Avatar, the last airbender. Oh yeah. That's, that's a great one. example. Cause so in, uh, in the first couple seasons, uh, Zuko is relentless in his pursuit of the Avatar. Uh, his his uh, goal there is to restore uh, his honor and, and return home with uh, open arms. His father will welcome him with open arms as long as he has the Avatar in tow, is the idea. Um, and it not only sort of blinds him to making the right decisions in a lot of cases, there's one point where he's on the run, um and decides to take advantage of a family's hospitality he, he takes advantage of a family's hospitality and then steals their uh ostrich yep. thingy i forget the name of the animal but <laughs> <laughs> like
0: he, it's a pokemon he, animal like everything else yes
1: have talked yes, he steals their pokemon and then uh, goes off with it even though um everything that that had been done to the up to that point they had showed such compa- compassion and such kindness and his uncle even questions him on it And he goes, it's just like, nope, what he's got in his head that whatever he does in the advancement of his own um, goals is, is justifiable.
0: Yeah. Well, and to me, there's something really tragic about both of those stories. And I think a lot of those stories, because as I said, I think in, in both cases, those characters could be heroes if they weren't so lost in that devotion, you know, because, their goals are ones that we completely support in a lot of ways. I mean, not quite so much with Zuko, but somewhat. Um, but with a lot of these stories, I think there, there, there is that element of tragedy, and I, I think it makes it powerful, because mm-hmm. you know, th- this, to me, is the very opposite of the mustache twirler. This is someone for whom their goals are, are 100% I can support. Um, and I, and I want to uh, keep going further into some of the specific issues and problems with devotion, but I, I realize we jumped in so fast, I didn't get to ask the, the first kind of overarching question I wanted to, which is um, to back up a second, is is this kind of devotion and patriotism and things like that, are they always problems? Are there times when we can think of where sort of devotion, even in the extreme, can be a good thing?
1: Well, I think it's it's important because that's a great question to ask. And I, I think it's important to separate those two ideas a little bit because I think there are two distinct ideas. There's mm-hmm. the idea of being uh, devoted to a cause or patriotic to, to your nation – Um, and there is the idea of using that to justify action, like any action. Uh, and I think you can, they don't always necessarily go hand in hand. One is a danger of the other. One is, one is a sort of imminent danger of the other. If you, if you allow that mentality to rule you. Um, but I think that the idea of, of being, uh, very patriotic, very, very, proud of of one's country uh, is in and of itself not inherently a problem um, but those cases where those that the devotion to your cause or devotion to your nation um where, where it becomes a problem is when it causes you to take any action and justify it as well this is advancing this cause this ideal uh, and therefore is just
0: yeah I, I think I'm with you there, and I think my my favorite example of this is Captain America. Um, because Captain America I think is clearly I mean his very name and his outfit and everything else, he is meant to be a symbol of devotion to American patriotism and to the idea of American ideals and American justice and and what is right and good about the United States of America. Um but one and I, I think it's very interesting that the way the character has been written, they've sort of shown him on both sides of this. Um, that there have been times where he has been a little bit too sort of like trusting of his superiors and trusting of you know the American system and that if American officials and leaders are saying it, then it must be right. But that much more often he is taking what I think is kind of the, the healthiest approach to this, which is that he is always still questioning because his devotion is not to the American government or the American president or even the American people. It's to the American ideals, and he is so often willing to say, I am deeply devoted to this thing, but the sort of like the things that are supposed to be symbols of the thing I'm devoted to are not actually doing their job. You know, the American leaders are not acting in the, uh, you know, best interests of the American values. And so I'm actually going to go against them. Um, right. And, and I think that's, that to me is kind of a perfect example of what I would like to see of... What does it mean to be devoted to a cause but not – not get that confused with the symbols of the cause and the, and the sort of people who claim to be the the arbitrators of that cause, if that makes sense.
1: And, and yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense actually on it. – it's a, a really – a good line and a good example of a character who has – who is able to – or at least when, when he's being portrayed more recently is able to make that distinction and say, look, they're actually betraying the very ideals that they're supposed to be protecting – um, there, there are another, there's another extreme, there's another side to this I feel where the cause that one is devoted to is in and of itself a problem. And then of course that devotion is an issue. So like if, you're, if your devotion is I must find this binding force for our universe and, and bring him in so he can be killed so we can win this war uh, in, in the case of Zuko getting the Avatar. Right. The cause in and of itself is a problem. So, therefore, the, the devotion will also be a problem.
0: Well, but, like, for him, would you say that his that his cause is finding the Avatar and killing the Avatar? Or is his cause winning the war slash earning his father's approval, and he sees killing the Avatar as the means to do that thing?
1: Well, if I'm going to sit here and psychoanalyze Zuko, uh, <laughs> I think, actually, his real cause is to be acknowledged, to be respected. Yeah uh because if you if you for those who haven't seen the show time and time again we see Zuko um as a character who who tries very hard to accomplish things and sometimes falls on his face and we also see the people that are supposed to be his his family and his friends with like one exception. We see those people um mock and berate him and and treat him as lesser because of it. So I think ultimately his devotion, his cause is actually, I will be acknowledged. You will respect me. I will do what it takes to earn your respect.
0: Well, and that that actually leads me to a really interesting idea with this that I hadn't even thought of as we were writing the outline for this, but that it's – to me, one of the things that can most often make devotion to a cause uh, become really unhealthy is when it is in some regard – sort of making up for some other thing that your person is lacking, you know, in terms of like self-respect or respect from others or or love of self or love from others or things like that. That when the cause becomes the thing that fills an emptiness in a person, that 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 makes it a lot easier for that cause to be all you think about and all you care about and not to be something you question.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you were broken to begin with. Right. Right. And that's not going to fix you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you know we often talk about like how how drugs or alcohol or other addictions or, or sort of codependency um, um, you know things like that can be things that people use to try to fill sort of an internal hole um, and I think I think devotion and patriotism can absolutely be one um, and here I would go to um, at, at some later point I should say we're going to be spoiling a lot of things on this show hopefully we'll, we'll we'll put some in the in the notes to to list all the things we're spoiling um, but one and, and I know we're doing a full episode in a couple of weeks on the Punisher. But I do think The Punisher does a great example of showing this, um, of how uh, – and, and, and I think we'll later on this episode talk about how in the character of Frank Castle himself, we see examples of his own devotion. But but in this regard, that there's another character in the show, The Punisher. Um, he's a much younger man. Who's, do you remember the, the, the name of the character I'm talking about, the one who winds who up blowing himself up? Oh my
1: goodness. Yeah, the uh, – the, um the guy who's got a mostly shaved head and he's real he's clearly deeply troubled by his experiences as a soldier and ultimately resorts to to terrorism right. because he doesn't yeah because he feels like his country has betrayed him.
0: Well and we're we're both blanking on his name unfortunately but and I'm sure you all tweeted us that what the right name is but but he I think is an example of someone who obviously is having uh, real personal problems. Um, uh, I think some kind of PTSD, or the hard to diagnose a character, and I certainly would never claim to be an expert. But but he and, and just a, a real, he is deeply missing the camaraderie and the order and the structure that he got from the military. And in a lot of ways, the the sort of the cause that he winds up falling into of anger at the system and anger at the government and his own sort of personal crusade. I, I think the show does a really good example of showing that that. That's happening because he has this real sort of personal issue that he's dealing with that he doesn't get the help for that he needs, um, and this 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 fanatical devotion to the cause becomes what he uses to fill that for himself.
1: Lewis, the character's Lewis, that's name is it, Lewis. You. Sorry, it was bugging me, so yep. I looked it up.
0: <laughs> I understand. Um, well, so so for you, Jacob, what what's another example, or what's another kind of issue that can come up with this kind of devotion?
1: So. We, we kind of went into the um you know what what it can cause you to do and how you can you can uh it can be a problem when it makes you start justifying every action that you take yep but um there's also and, and you kind of hinted at this with your captain America example um but but in the reverse uh the, those cases where the devotion to the cause blinds you to the problems with the cause itself yeah um which again zuko's a good example of but but another one I'm gonna throw out there because i, I love talking about the show as the character of Lando Malari from Babylon five. Yep. Um, the, the character of Lando Malari is just got this, this idea about the, the good old days of the Centauri Republic of, of his people. And he ends up going down a pretty deep, pretty morally probabilistic, problem problematic rabbit hole, uh, in the service of trying to restore the former glory of, of the Centauri Republic and he each step along the way just doesn't realize that you know the the glory days of the republic were when his society was incredibly imperialistic and very xenophobic or or um in a lot of cases racist they had enslaved an entire race to do to do their bidding for them like and clearly all he can see is just the the rose tinted wouldn't things be so much better if they were like they were in the good old days when, you know, Centauri were real Centauri or, or however.
0: Yeah. Well, and then it's, it's funny because I, I've been thinking about that show and that character a lot recently because that show is now what more, almost 20 years old. Um, if not actually a little yeah. more, you know, because it, it started when I was in college. So it's, it's more than 20 years old. Um, I, I'm old myself. Um, but the, um, but, but, but but what is happening today in our own world of the the make a make America great again and that nostalgic devotion to a past that I th- what I think Londo highlights so well is that he his devotion is to a past that never took that never was real you know it's this it's this because it, it one of the things that it highlights is. He doesn't remember it as we were enslaving the Narn, which is the other race that they conquered. He remembers it as we were beloved in the galaxy and that we were benevolent helpers and good keepers of these of these other people. You know I think um one of the things that that, that character highlights so well is that when especially when the when the devotion is to a cause like nostalgia to a cause of wanting to bring back, he says often, you know, the, the good old days, as you, as you said before, mm-hmm. I just apparently needed to try and try his accent out for myself. Um, mm. But, but that it can, it can really make you, it's not just rose colored glasses. It's just, you're, you're, you're seeing it as this fundamental good when really there, there was so much damage and, and destruction that it caused.
1: Right. And with Londo, especially uh, we get to the situation where uh, he's, he's, made a deal with the devil right in yeah. order to to help restore this this era and that's it, it gets very very far there's a, a maniac on the throne of the there's a maniac emperor on the throne by the time he realizes that wait a minute uh this went this this is not what I wanted uh, it went way too far but it was way too late uh, for in uh, ultimately, he couldn't even fix all the problems that he had caused. Right. Uh, as a result of of this blindness, of this like, nope, I want it all back the way that it was.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that that's, as you said, what what it gets to is this idea of where you're, you're being devoted to a cause itself that's problematic. And and another one that I think of, and and um, Kingpin is a great example of this. But but there's certainly a lot of others in in our superhero stories and, and sci-fi and all of it. Um, certainly I feel like this is one that comes up a lot in Star Trek when they encounter sort of artificial life and things like this, is the desire for order. You know, this desire of chaos is bad and variance is bad. Funnily enough, I know we, we were just talking about this in terms mm-hmm. of problems with variance, but like sometimes you'll get – you get um, these characters who what they want is to create a world without the dangers and terrible veracities of chaos and – it it seems like a good goal at the start but but when you realize what they're talking about is a world of complete stagnation a world of where nothing is any you know nothing ever changes and nothing advances unless there's no imagination and no ingenuity and no no chance for development um you realize it's it, it it's not just that it's like what they're doing towards that cause but that's the cause itself is really a broken one
1: yeah and that's I think that that's an excellent point, uh, and and it's again, as you say, it's something that we we experience in many different stories. And I think one of the reasons we see it in so many stories is because it's it's a common narrative in life. Yeah. And so we want to uh, we want this these ideas in our consciousness so that we can hopefully be more wary of them. It's sort of like responsible writing, uh, so yeah. that people can hopefully be wary of them when they're experiencing them themselves. I mean, uh, it's sort of that fiction imitates life art imitates life
0: what, one of my favorite examples of this and I think we've quoted this before but, it, but it's relevant to here is there's an episode of Star Trek Voyager um, where Captain Janeway is um, using the holodeck as, as an escape and they're all going to this Irish town and she's she's trying to basically craft for herself the perfect like you know um, uh, boyfriend type character or a romantic partner and what she starts doing in the romance is anytime he does something that bothers her a little bit Instead of like saying to him, "Hey, you know the way you laughed at my joke there, or, you know the way you kind of made fun of me a little bit," it didn't make me feel good. She changes his programming so that he won't do that thing. Um, mm-hmm. And and like a lot of Star Trek episodes, especially Voyager, it has the subtlety of a brick. Um, but but the end result of all of it is that she comes to realize that having that, and not that I'm saying this is like a, a fanatical cause of hers, but but it's still the same example that having that same that having that level of control is actually the last thing she would ever want.
1: Right. And she doesn't realize it until too late, because again, she, she was blinded to, in this case, her, her cause isn't, isn't like a, something she was particularly devoted to, but it was something that, that for that episode was a, a central part of her conflict of her personal conflict Um, was that she was engaging with this, fic, with this fictional world and then wanted a companion in it and then before she realized it was tailoring the companion that she was originally like attracted to to be quote perfect unquote and in so doing that ruining all of what was interesting about it
0: exactly so let, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um where do we see this coming up or what do you think are the issues that come up when it is a cause that we think a person can be or should be really devoted to um, but but a character where, where their devotion to the cause is, is going too far and is making them do things, kind of as we talked about before, going against their values, doing terrible things in, in because this cause that they think justifies it.
1: Well, we can talk about uh, Helena Kane yep. from Battlestar Galactica as an example of this, uh, who's, you know, everybody there does not like Cylons. Uh, and mostly that's because the Cylons are trying to. Uh, genocide away of the human race. Obviously that's something that the human race doesn't really want. Yeah. <laughs> uh so here's a cause that we can get behind. And, and, Let's and, and not get frame, rid of it. Sorry us. to interrupt
0: you, but just to frame it, for anyone who hasn't watched Battlestar Galactica, in in the moment of the show, they have been ninety nine point nine 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 percent successful. Like the yeah. show begins with the human race going from eight billion people to twenty thousand or twenty five thousand or so. And so certainly that that desire to stop that it 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 comes from a very real place because we've seen the Cylons come incredibly close to the absolute and total annihilation of the humankind
1: right and so it's it's a very real threat it's not something that people are panicking over this is this is really happening, and they were they almost did it already um but uh what what Cain does in in order to try to stop this because there's there are these Cylons that are um that are among us that are among the humans and there's this idea that we need to we need to weed them out we need very strict control we need to make sure that anybody who is at all suspicious is locked away and possibly putting a bullet in their head and um and those kinds of things happen under her watch where she's just she runs such a tight ship that it becomes a you know, just this really horrific and and scary environment to to be in. Right. And there's there's this whole problem where because she's at the top of of that particular chain of command, uh, there's nobody holding her accountable for her actions, uh, other than the civilians who have no control because the military has all of the power. Uh, the military controls the ships that are guiding them, the ships that are protecting them, controls all of the weapons, controls um, who gets taken away out of be, out of uh, suspicion of being a Cylon, controls where the food goes. It's like right. this whole thing.
0: Yeah, and I, I think she's a very good example of this because, again, there I can 100% support her her goals and her causes. And, and even to the point where – and again, spoilers for Battlestar Galactica – when we meet her – uh, our our own heroes, who are primarily on different ships, um, who didn't know even that she was had, was still alive until um, uh, the sec- I think it's the second or third season. Um, they they are in a um, you no know, still a good deal of military discipline, but a somewhat looser situation, and a situation in which they are not being anywhere near as rigid and anywhere near as fearful and anywhere near as um uh, horrific as Admiral Kane Helena Kane is, um, and there are Cylons on the loose within the within that that fleet that we know about, some of whom are doing some really underhanded things and getting away with it and and so there is that small part of you that's like, "I get where Helena's coming from, I get where her devotion to doing this comes from but but and I think what the show does a really good job of is you start by sort of thinking, yeah, maybe she's got the right idea." but then as you start to realize the the horrific length she's going to. You know, thing, you know, with things like letting ships starve if they go against her, or Cylon prisoners who are being sexually assaulted and and horribly abused and molested and, and tortured, um, and the same thing happening to to humans who might not be as rigidly anti-Cylon as anyone thinks. Um, it, I, I think it, it 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 makes you sort of wonder. She is so you know devoted to saving humanity. But what is happening to the humanity that she wants to save? You know, and that that to me is one of the core issues of all of this is what happens when you are so focused on protecting something that, that you wind up destroying any value that thing you're protecting might have.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, and Kane is a great example of exactly that because for those reasons that you stated, she she either permits or actively endorses these kinds of, of horrific behaviors um, in, in her crew, uh, like the the torture, including sexual assault of, of a Cylon prisoner, of one of these humanoid Cylon prisoners, right? It's Ugh, god, <laughs> I, I'm getting like, because I I remember watching that uh, particular part of the show, and uh, you know, there's there's something about uh, witnessing something that you know is just completely and utterly wrong in media. It it right. it gives you this this feeling. It just sort of shakes you to your core. But when it's presented well, it's also something you can appreciate in the media as a, you know, thank God this isn't happening. But, you know, they they made it real for me because I am actually upset.
0: Well, and and I think part of what is – part of why that's so true is the villains that most upset me and the ones that most scare me are the ones that I can see myself in. You know, I – I am never going to be the Joker. Like I don't have any des- – Joker is terrifying in his own right. But like I, I have no desire to twirl my mustache and laugh while the whole world burns. But there are certainly things that I desperately want to protect and things that I believe in and that I want to fight for. Um, not physically but in terms of you know just like you know working for a cause. And when I look at someone like Admiral Kane, I think she's utterly and completely wrong. And I am able to think that from the comfort of my couch without having 99.99% of my you know, fellow humans annihilated. And mm-hmm. what scares me so much about a character like her is I think about the situation she's in. I think about how terrifying that situation is. I think about how overwhelming that situation is. And I want to believe that I would never do the sort of thing that she does. But I can't be sure. You know, I think that's what makes that a character like her so good. Is that I, I think we have it. It highlights the fact that these devo this devotion like this isn't just something we can look at and say that happens to other people. I think it's something that a lot of us have to challenge and say, is there a likelihood that that we would fall into those kind of things? You know, and I um, um, not not to keep pulling it back to our own real world, but I think what has happened in this country since nine and, eleven and and in recent years is exact proof of that. of We can start compromising our own ideals and we can start, you know, forgetting the things that we're supposed to believe in because we are so devoted to this cause of winning the fight and of staying safe.
1: Right. And uh, this, this is also, uh, yeah. And, and that, that idea of, of staying safe uh, is funny because the, that it's used to justify uh, a fair amount of military action, right? So now we're going back to, to Frank Castle where, uh, at one point hes uh, w- when we see the flashbacks where he's in the military, right uh, and his, his devotion at that point is to his country. Yep. and the things he does there uh, because all, all because he's supposed to be protecting this this thing is supposed to be protecting America, right? Uh, and you know, straight up assassinating people uh, that are civilians. Uh, as a result of this, like this, just doing some some very very horrible things, um, all because it it makes us safer, or right. the the idea is the the conceit is that it's supposed to make us safer. Uh, whether or not it does, is a whole other matter. But I think that even if it did, the actions are still a problem.
0: And I think you're right there. And I think Frank Castle, and especially in that TV show, um, shows sort of the two sides of this. In that, for Agent Orange, it is about well, on the one hand, it's about keeping us safer, but but he's also just sort of manipulating it to, for his own financial goals and, and smuggling drugs and the like. For Frank Castle, I think for him it's both. He believes that that killing this civilian does keep people safer, but it's also, I think, his devotion is to his superiors. You know, I think that they they say this a couple of times that he really trusts, kind of, kind of like he's doing exactly what we talked about. Captain America doesn't do that he has the superior officer and he has he is part of his military system that drills into you, you don't get to question orders if your if your superior officer says this will do what we what the goal is to do you do the thing and I think a lot of Frank castle's story is about him starting to realize the problem with him just sort of blindly following that devotion and bl- blindly following blindly following the idea that devotion to an institution means devotion devotion to a particular person.
1: Right. And that that's something like, he, some of the actions he's taken, he's haunted by, right? And, it, yeah, it's great that we, we, when he gets his own spotlight, right, that it's, that it's us seeing him at that point, at that crossroads. Of course, then he has a completely separate devotion to a, I feel equally if not more so problematic cause of revenge yeah definitely. Um, that we we will spend an entire episode talking about the <laughs> punisher so we don't have to get into it here uh the flip side so interestingly as as a contrast uh there's poe dameron mm-hmm. from uh the last jedi whose uh his cause is still the rebellion it's, its victory against the the first order which is the same as the people that he's ultimately going against uh, when, when he goes rogue and, and tries to do his own thing um, so it's funny because it's it's sort of the exact opposite of what Frank castle was doing in those moments but is equally problematic yeah uh, and not just because he doesn't get the right results
0: so and again here we're having spoilers for the last Jedi uh, we won't go into too many details but the, but the basic part of it is that he he has a situation where his superior officers are telling him something he he doesn't believe that what they are doing will, will save the rebellion in part because he sort of has the kind of flyboy arrogance of if I don't know something, then there must not be anything worth knowing. But, but he tries to sort of go off on his own hook to, to save things and, and minds, winds up making them much worse. Um, and, and I think that, that's, an, that's an equally um, important example because it's again – it's about the way in which the, the devotion there can blind a person. Um, can 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 make you not see the the larger problems beyond just your own particular perspective
1: yeah and can can make you ignore the input of others that that have the same interest that that want to help the same cause that you are devoted to right that you're trying to advance um because you get in this this character gets it in their head that um, whatever they're doing, th- whatever they've decided they they need to do, that is correct, and they start ignoring input from from their allies. Right. Uh, and that's w- and that's the mistake I feel that, that Poe makes. Uh, is that he doesn't actually he, he doesn't believe that his allies are as devoted as he is, and right. so therefore they're obviously making the wrong decision. Uh, so th- and there's this whole he, there's this whole thing about um him act, trying to act like a hero rather than be a hero, but we'll, again, mm-hmm. we have we have something scheduled for talking about Last Jedi too, so I don't want yep. to go too far into it.
0: Well, And I think that's a really good point because part, to me, this brings up one of my, something I obviously talk about on this show a lot, I talked about it from the very beginning of this podcast and at the blog, which is the idea of accountability. To me, one of the scariest things about being so devoted to a cause that you stop, like, um, asking yourself, are the things I'm doing for the cause still okay, is you're no longer being accountable to anyone but your own devotion. You know, um, that, that, that what I always want to see is someone who is willing to check in with their friends, to check in with the, um, and uh, oddly enough, although it's not the best in some ways, one of the shows I think that does this so well, um, and where the characters do this so well, is the, um, the CW show the, of Arrow. Because what Arrow has established quite well is that they have a whole team of people, all of whom are very devoted to the causes they believe in. Um, And their causes are mostly the same, although they they differ in a few ways. But there's a number of instances where some of them, especially Oliver, but sometimes uh, one of the others starts to fall into one of these kind of things where they are so focused on the cause that they're not seeing how much damage they're causing, that they're not seeing that they are straight up killing people just because they believe that the people are bad or, in Oliver's words, have failed the city or something like that. And and the rest of the team holds them accountable. And and not always, but but often those characters are at least willing to, you know, once they've had a little sense slapped into them, step back and say, OK, you have more perspective than I do. You can see this better than I do, so I'm going to trust you, because um, so I think what it highlights is, is again, it's an idea that what the the scariest part of devotion is: you stop listening to anything but the cause; you stop listening to anything but your own your own belief in what is right and what is good.
1: Right. Even when, and so so this is, uh, we're going to use another CW example. So we should the check should be in the mail for the CW, right? Uh, any yep. any day now, <laughs> we're going to get something. Um, but uh, even. When somebody who you know is equally invested is telling you that this is not the way to do things. Uh, I'm talking specifically about Supernatural. Um, so Supernatural has this ongoing story of Sam and Dean Winchester, the people who will do anything at all. They will, they will, there's no low below which they will not sink mm. in order to keep each other alive in order to keep their family together. And it's so, you know sometimes that's very beautiful, sometimes it's very heartbreaking, and sometimes it is exceptionally problematic in what it what it has our characters doing. Uh they they unleash um like effectively anti-god on the world, like oh, wow. the, the they unleash God's sister on the world who's who's really pissed at God. Um like in or because otherwise one of them's going to die, and that was just not acceptable.
0: Yeah yeah, I, I have not seen that show, but that, that's a point that I've heard a couple of times, and I think is an, is an interesting one to explore. Um, another one, and I, I'm going off outline here, but but I think what what, what you're talking about um, and, and what we're talking about, especially earlier with some of these characters brings to mind for me also is situations where a, a character is using a particular cause in some ways to justify their own personal feelings. Um, you know, um, when we went back to Londo Malari, uh, the character from Babylon 5, um, he has so many of these feelings of, you know, sort of the lost glory of the Republic. But one of the things that the show highlights really well is it's also the lost glory of his own personal career. Mm-hmm. You know, and that there's this, this, this wonderful, like, tension between... His desire to sort of make things great for all Centauri and to make things great for the for everyone, and also the fact that here he is as this ambassador to a uh, um to all these other nations and I think he feels very personally helpless and he feels very personally like laughed at and mocked because of the the failures of of his empire and that uh, of his his republic and that his people are not respected the way they once were um and I think this is a, a one again that folks can easily relate to that there are times when you know a personal desire for revenge becomes a a a need for national justice or a personal fear or a personal vendetta can 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 allow you to convince yourself that you're working for this much higher cause you know patriotism or devotion when really at the end of it it's just about your own personal motivations.
1: Right because you yeah exactly because you get it the character gets it in their head that uh they're it's the same same kind of idea right where they're justifying their actions not as being for themselves but for this this greater ideal but really when you get right down to it they are in fact doing it for themselves but it helps them justify their actions uh when when if they were doing it just for them they probably couldn't justify it to themselves yeah and so this this idea of the the cause as being sacrosanct or the cause as being something that okay this is this is an idea that is bigger than me and therefore i can do things that that i that, that for me personally aren't okay but it's okay because i'm doing it for this 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 larger thing this, yeah. this bigger more important idea uh, i'm doing it for for country or i'm doing it for uh, to keep all of my people safe or to get my people home, to get my crew home going back to Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um some of the things that Jane Way does in Star Trek Voyager, uh and it's not just Jane Way, I just I'm picking on her because she's the captain, she's the one in authority, and I feel a very nuanced and interesting character. Um depending on who's writing the episode that day. Yeah. <laughs> <Also very true. laughs> Which is a an issue I will take offline about about Star Trek Voyager. But um I love Kate Mulgrew and I love her performance in the role uh, but th- there are things that she does at one point um, to, to get her people home that she would never in a million years have done uh, if if that weren't on the line right, right. and it's she portrays a lot of, of principles that she starts off the, the series with and it's just this like progressive spiral uh, into uh, okay what are you willing to do now
0: well, and, and, and one of the things I think that makes this such an interesting issue is you and I, and I, I think we're, we're right to do this, but, but I, I want to just kind of take note of it, and I'm doing it as much as anyone. Um, we're talking about this as though it's all, always clearly bad, and that we can sort of sit here and say these characters, you know, that these are examples of where your devotion becomes too much. But I think to me, when, when these are most interesting is when you really have to stop and ask yourself, yes, they're going to extremes, but can we say that they're wrong? Like Helena Kane, I think we can clearly say, is wrong. Londa Malari, we start out being very sympathetic, but I think we realize he's making that deal with the devil and the the things he's doing now might be okay, but he's signing up for much worse. But like the example you just gave, you know, of of Janeway, she is the captain of that ship and her first and primary duty is supposed to be to the safety of her crew. Mm -hmm. And so... When the question is, what values is she compromising to do that? I think there's a real question about, is it OK to compromise some values? Or like or like when you were talking about Supernatural, again, I haven't seen the show. And yes, unleashing a, a evil god is probably a bridge too far for almost anything. It's um, like but season when you
1: 11. Said, like earlier on, there are things that you're like, OK, yeah, sure. Uh, that, that seems problematic, but this is a, this is somebody who matters. This is somebody who's going to make a difference Yeah. and maybe it's okay in this case to do it.
0: Cause like what you said of, you know, cause they, the, the terrible things are willing to do to save the life of, of their family. You know, my first thought is, well, if, if there's anything that it's, that's okay to do some terrible things to, it is to save the lives of your family. Um, but, but I think that's, that, to me, that's when these questions get the most interesting is when we really have to wrestle with that and ask ourselves, you know, um, and it can go back to, to to um you know one of my favorite stories when we when I'm always bringing up which is Marvel's Civil War, where I think part of what makes that the the conflict at the heart of Civil War so good is that both Cap and Tony have very legitimate causes, and both of them are maybe just a little bit too devoted to those causes. And I think most people would say Tony a little bit more so. And that, that's a debate for another time. But in both cases, we so believe in in their devotion. And and I think it's easy to say, well, it is bad when you become so devoted to a cause that allows you to do things that aren't justifiable. But I think really important to that is the idea that finding that line is a very difficult thing to do.
1: So yes, uh, those stories are are particularly interesting where where the line is is very difficult to find because uh, either... The the cause is something that is uh, really difficult to not justify, or where the cause is at least enough of a of a, of a enough of a what's the word that I want to use? It's strong enough. It's it's important enough that you feel like there there has to be some gray area because of these circumstances, in in, in because these choices sort of have to be made. Uh, specifically I'm thinking of the example of the show the hundred where the cause is basically people surviving uh the, the humanity what what is what little is left of humanity in this dystopian post- apocalyptic world um and what's left of their culture and their society surviving when there are factions of humans that are fighting each other right and it, it, there's so few of them left and they are trying to avoid yet another extinction level event but there's there's more to it beyond that and so sometimes what the characters end up doing mm. in order to they end up killing a lot of people in order to save a lot of people right um and there's one point in the show where something's happening and there's only there's there's a real very real chance that only a hundred people are going to be able to survive um again so like the the number of the hundred comes up for the second time the first time is 100 people sent to the ground um this time it's it's there's a, a a second extinction level event that's happening. A bunch of reactors are gonna uh, are gonna breach, um, and it's the radiation level is gonna be too high for anybody to survive. And they have yes. this building that can a building and resources to sustain a hundred people for long enough for the radiation to dissipate. And they have to, in in, character has to pick wow. the hundred people that write them down on a list. Okay, these are the hundred people. Mm. um and decide how that is going to be done, whether it should be entirely by lottery, or whether it's like, look, we need people who can, we need to choose people who can maintain these systems that are going to support life. We need people who are strong leaders. We need people who know what to do with the food or how to how to deal with with our, our water supply appropriately. Um, oh, and wow. that means that, and we need people. And this is this one was very very hard to take but we need people who aren't uh a liability due to their medical conditions uh and yeah like just these are wretched decisions right this this sounds horrible but in this case it's like you know that like it's either everybody dies or everybody sons these few people die and the selection of those few people has to be done in this incredibly pragmatic way even though it's just unconscionable to be like, I'm sorry, you your family has a history of this illness, um, oh, wow. or you can't have children, uh, so you don't get. Oh God, it's so bad. <laughs> but
0: well, and and I think that's a really interesting point because it, it it again I have I haven't seen the hundred, but it from what you're describing it it raises an issue that I think becomes so vital to a lot of these questions. Um, and and I, it's one that I think Battlestar Galactica raises really well, which is this idea of even when you are totally devoted to that cause, it it, it even when the cause is something as basic as survival, is there a point at which it is it, you you should question the cause? You know, a number of times throughout the course of Battlestar Galactica, our our characters recognize that they are on the verge of possible extinction as a human race, and they're asking themselves. You know, what are the things we would have to do in order to survive as a human race? And and are they justified? Like, like is it ever possible that, that the extinction might actually be better than the other thing? And and they almost always, you know, they always wind up deciding, like, you know, saving the human race makes sense, but they still have to ask the question. And I think, like, in a, in a situation like what you're talking about there, like, there's a part of me that would wonder, like, if the only thing we can do to save the human race is to literally have to divide up the worth of humanity based on their value in in a post-apocalyptic world. Like, is humanity under that circumstance worth saving or saving in that variety? I I don't think it's an easy question, yes or no, but I think it's, it's a great question to have to ask
1: right at some point I would like to uh, do an episode on the whole show because there's there's a lot of material there uh, as definitely. I mentioned during our during our rundown but because those kinds of questions get asked all the time because they have to be asked all the time in a world like that
0: it, it's one that I, I definitely think we, we I, I, I it's a show that's on my list to see um two other uh, one other quick one that I want to bring up and we we'll probably start to wrap up and hear any last thoughts you have uh, one I'm just gonna say is quick, a quick throwaway and then the last one to kind of discuss a little bit um just going back to that character of Kingpin, I think it's worthy, It's worth thinking about the issue of when your devotion to a cause is so strong that it allows you to be manipulated by people who don't believe in your cause. Because um, one of the things I think is so tragic about Kingpin is in in that show Daredevil, he is so devoted to this cause of saving the city, saving his neighborhood, cleaning up crime – and his partners, the people he believes are helping with him with this, are people who want nothing of the sort. You know, they're part of this super mystical organization, The Hand, which has all of these other goals. And I think they never really have to explicitly say it, but they pretty clearly see him as a pawn. Because their impression is that he is so devoted to that cause that they can pretty much convince him to do anything.
1: And do, in a lot yeah. of cases. Right uh, in, in that way, his character is quite tragic, uh, and it's and I think it's it's a great point that that, um, and one that we do see in in some of these stories where somebody's somebody's uh I'm trying to use a different word because we've used the word devotion probably 277 <laughs> times yep. now, um, but where you're um, and now I can't think of another word as a result, uh. Where your um,
0: – Fanatical passion for something. Yeah. Fanaticism. Where,
1: where, 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 yeah, where, where your inclination, where your your ideals uh, actually create a situation where people can make you betray them without you realizing
0: it. Right. Yeah, and I think that that that's so true. And I I will just – um we don't have time to discuss it, but I just want to make sure I mention at least my, my own – the, sort of my personal example of all of these things especially of the the last part of devotion that we didn't get to talk about but which is where devotion is motivate where the primary motivation is fear where you're acting out of fear of of a terrible thing happening and you're so devoted to stopping that thing you're afraid of um and my fa- favorite character in that regard and possibly in any of these things um is Amanda Waller um portrayed so well especially in Batman the animated series but also i think one of the few really good parts of the suicide squad movie you know, she is a character who sees Superman come to Earth, sees the potential of Superman going bad, sees the other Kryptonians, and has a, a completely legitimate fear of these superpowers being turned against the people of Earth, and the people of Earth being enslaved or wiped out. And she is willing to go to great lengths, both to try to limit that. You know, she tries to hold on to as much Kryptonite as she can so that she can protect the world against Superman, she tries to sort of build in these protections to, to greatly limit the powers of the superheroes, and, and in the case of the Suicide Squad, she she literally enslaves people and forces them to, to do her bidding to try and stop these great evils, and she is such a strong character, and what I think makes her such a good character is that, um, her fear is justified, you know, and I don't I don't know if the things that, that she does because of that fear are justified and I think they're probably not. But it's not like she's paranoid. It's not like she is overreacting. I and I, I imagine that if I woke up tomorrow and found out that there was a Superman level of power in the universe that had come to Earth and had the potential to be mind controlled, as does happen to Superman at times, I'd be terrified right. too. And I like to think that there would be limits on what I would do with that fear, but I'm not so sure there it, were, and and I think that's what makes a character like Amanda so yeah, powerful. and,
1: and interestingly, there's there's a very uh, there's there's a very clear contrast in comparison that can be made between Amanda Waller and the the ideas that you bring up about how she seems to be principally motivated by fear, but her fear is justified, and General Talbot from Agents of Shield. Uh, very very similar characters actually I think in in a lot of ways Um, at least my understanding I I haven't seen very much material with Amanda Waller in it but what I have seen they do strike me as similar characters from their their motivation they are portrayed in radically different ways Um, I think because uh, Waller takes the leap a lot faster um, and in some cases like I'm not even going to sit here and say that she's wrong uh, to do some of the things that she does are absolutely wrong um but a lot of what she does it makes sense and it is based off of a a very real danger that uh, to the world and it's so so her motivation is is sound uh it's just that obviously she's willing to cross a line um uh, that i you know, we, we we don't want our heroes crossing those lines, right? We don't want our heroes enslaving right. people. We don't want our heroes, um, using people to their own purposes. Uh, so like, we we don't want uh Ozymandias from The Watchmen, right? We want everyone to be. Right. We want our heroes to be straightforward with us, rather than manipulating the whole of society to, to towards some end, right? To to try to unify all of humanity or whatever by. By doing terrible things and killing a bunch of people.
0: Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I think I think the General Talbot example is a really good one, and I think not coincidental because with both Shield and General Talbot and an earlier Nick Fury who is kind of in that same place where he's you know willing to try and use the Tesseract to make weapons, uh, and Amanda Waller, like in those two different universes, all of those people that we're talking about are the non-powered humans who are doing their best to try to come up with the way to keep humanity safe or their country safe or their world safe from these new powers. Um, And I think it's, I don't think it's coincidental that, that both of those characters in those two different universes have these same sort of moral conflicts because this conflict of what do you do when, when this great power exists and this great power could be used in terrible ways, it, it. The idea that it would prompt people to go to great and perhaps terrible lengths to protect humanity from that I think is a very real one and one really worthy of explanation.
1: Just one more. One more thought on this because I can finally bring a comic book into this. Um, this is a, a graphic novel that I read, but it's it's a case where our sort of poster child for the the non-powered hero in the DC universe, uh, Batman in this case, right? Okay. One <laughs> one could argue that he has two powers, one of which is money and the other of which is uh, always having the right tool for the right task whenever. And the third of which is world's greatest detective, but none of them are really superpowers. Um, yeah, but, uh, there's, there's a storyline in justice league and in, I, I don't know if they've rebooted justice league at this point or not, but there's a storyline called tower of Babel where we find out that Batman is the only member of the justice league with, without powers has created right. a pile of fail safes to take down each and every member of the justice league in case they went bad in order to protect earth in order to pr- protect their watch. Um, and right. Tower of Babel's plotline comes about because one of the, I think it's Razal Ghul, uh, finds this. Yes, I'm pretty sure he's the central villain of that particular plotline. Uh, finds these failsafes and uses them and enacts all of them at once. Gets uh, Wally West um, basically imprisoned within the Speed Force fire call. He's like constantly vibrating and, and is in danger of dying as a result of it. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Superman gets gets K-bombed. Um and I, I, there's no need to go through all of it, right uh for for each and every one, but right. there's this the the, the point is that here's a hero. we we most of the time we are willing to concede that Batman is a hero, uh setting up to betray each and every one of his friends in case it's necessary. Uh, there's a great confrontation yeah. they all have with him at the end, uh once they've they've managed to resolve the situation where they're they come across saying dude not cool and batman's like look what if you had been doing this on purpose what if you went bad i can't do right. i can't take you out without things like this i have to think about these sorts of things if i go bad each and every one of you can stomp me and there's nothing i can do about it yes. you can just crush me like a bug uh but i need to make sure right, that we're protected from everybody including ourselves um and they ultimately concede that yeah, okay.
0: And I remember that episode, it was a great one, and if I remember correctly, that episode is part of where we find out that Amanda Waller has been doing similar things, or at least that there's there there's some discussion between Batman and Amanda Waller about how on some level what they're doing is very similar, just one from inside the Justice League and one from outside and they have this really powerful moment of kind of understanding each other and of sort of saying like yeah we we get it we we are two of the only ones who who really so
1: see Until you this? said that I forgot um, that there was a very similar episode of the Justice League animated series uh, it's not quite the same plot line as as the graphic novel that i'm thinking of but but yeah uh, yeah there was that scene i remember that that uh, now that you mention it that there's this this idea of a an understanding behind why they're doing what they're doing and that their cause does make sense even though it's making them do these kind of wretched things to people who are heroes.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's very true. And I think that's a good place to end on because I know we've gone for a little while, but we definitely could talk about this for, for a long, long, long time. Um, and so as always, I'd like to hear from you guys who are our listeners. What do you think about this? Um, are there are there exa- other examples you can think of, um, particularly of heroes? Because I think it's most interesting when we look at um a hero who um you know for the most part we might agree with them but then there's one part of their story where they become a little more sort of over their heads with their devotion um and uh or their patriotism or their or their fanaticism or whatever it is um to to a cause and it makes them really make uh problematic choices um let us know or, t- or if you disagree with any of the ones we talked we talked about um similarly Uh, we're we're starting to try to plan ahead a little bit more and and, and be a little bit more structured in in what we talk about. So I'm happy to say that we actually have our next two podcasts planned, um, uh, both with great guests coming on. Um, In in, uh, uh, about two weeks, we're going to record a podcast on The Punisher, really diving into some of the issues around that show and around this portrayal of violence and of PTSD and of the military. Um, And the week after that, uh, we're going to do an episode on The Last Jedi uh, and and the... um, the what happened in that movie and what happened in the whole sort of all the discussions that have been swirling around that movie and the star wars universe in general so if you have questions you want us to dive into if you have thoughts you want us to, to think about our feedback uh on those um either the punisher or S- star wars the last jedi send them in now because we will definitely if you've got questions we'll read them on air and discuss them if you've got comments um we'll definitely um uh read them and take them into account and if we can um make them a part of the conversation on uh, on air Uh, You can, as always, find us on Twitter or on Facebook at SuperheroEthics. You can email us at SuperheroEthics at gmail.com. And you can also uh, just continue listening and continue sharing this with other people and continue helping to get the word out of the conversations we're having. So on behalf of myself, on behalf of Jacob, on behalf of um, uh, all of you, thank thank all of you for being a part of this and listening, and have a great day.
1: Take care. So… In all of this, I never realized that I wanted this thing until we recorded this podcast, but now I really want to have a poster uh, with Londo Malari prominently displayed on it, uh, captioned, Make Centauri Prime Great Again. <laughs>